listening to MSP Survivalist, and today we're going to be talking about ransomware, the most recent attacks, defending against it, and responding to infection. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button to catch future episodes. So let's go ahead and get started and introduce a couple of our security experts. We've got Adam Stufflick. Adam, are you there? Yep, you bet. Great. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'll start with the latest thing. I'm the cloud business manager here at Nova Backup. I handle a lot of the day-to-day training, setups, implementations to you know with all of our MSPs. Kind of a hand-holding thing to make sure things go smooth and that they understand our product. Early on, I was actually I'll call it a late bloomer to the tech field. Honestly, I probably started <laughs> around my you know being 18, 19. Jumped in the tech field then, loved it ever since. Uh, started off kind of in the ISP world, which I think a lot of MSPs do, doing the backup thing. Moved into backup field, working actually with Nova Backup. And now I'm here today. So a little over 15 years have been doing this type of thing, whether it's the tech, sales, both sides of the aisle. And ever since, I've been loving it. Great. Thanks for that, Adam. And we also have Nathan Forage on the line with us. Nate, are you there? Yeah, I certainly am. Like Adam, I've I've been around uh, for quite a while, too. So I'm the VP of Strategic Solutions here at Nova Backup. I've been here since 2005-ish, so so 16, 17 years, somewhere right around there. Uh, And before that, I was actually at the same location that Adam was at. at. So (laughs) we worked together even before uh, coming over to Nova Backup. So I've been in the data security uh, solutions since uh, even before 2005, and it kind of moved uh, from there. Great. Thank you for that. Today we hope to have a conversation around the topic of ransomware. It's a huge subject, so there's no way we could possibly tackle every aspect of it. You know, we see it in the news every day, and I'd love to hear how it's impacting your guys' lives uh, on a regular basis. Um, You know, just in the news today, I saw that uh, I believe there was another major ransomware attack. yeah, you guys from see Gigabyte. That? Yeah, it was from Gigabyte, uh, the uh, motherboard maker and that type of thing, uh, along with uh, laptops, I believe it was, too. So, yeah, it, it, it's going to be an interesting one once that kind of gets disclosed here. Right. And, Adam, have you heard any uh, news about recent uh, ransomware attacks? Uh, yeah, I, I'm a frequent uh, surfer of the MSP <laughs> sub- subreddit, so... Uh, <laughs> I see lots of stories. Obviously, there's been some big names out there. I probably don't even have to mention the name specifically, but, you know, big names are big targets. And I think that's kind of a little bit of what I kind of wanted to discuss. I think a lot of us know what ransomware is, right? Um, mm-hmm. I think we have a pretty good feeling of what it can do to your systems, the, the numerous different types of them, right? Uh, whether it even lets someone on the system to <laughs> do further harm. But, uh, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I hear a lot about it. One of the things I kind of wanted to talk to, you know, yeah, we're hearing a lot of the big names, you know, you know, Gigabyte, we've heard Acer, you know, Kaseya, and and all of those. Accenture, Accenture, uh, today, $44 billion company, right? Yep, 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 that that was a very big one, too. Yeah, uh, but, you know, you hear the big ones, but it's really all of the small ones that I think are the most damaging, at at least to... uh, uh, 
kind of who we serve for the most part you know the MSPs that that are serving all of these small businesses or even you know even medium businesses I think that is the most disruptful because it's a small business that you know lives and breathes on their you know IT department you know and their IT department is their MSP and if all of a sudden that MSP is being targeted which we're we're seeing a lot of because MSPs are a great target because they have you know say couple you know dozen hundred or a thousand small businesses underneath them they're a great target to get a lot of easy cheap money if you can just get in the in at the uh, MSP level so I think that's one of the things that we're seeing more and more at least uh, from what I'm seeing out there yeah sure I, I see a lot of that stuff too um, and what I feel is a lot of these guys end up being collateral damage hitting big boys and and trickling down into these smaller SMB whether they're actual direct customers or even the smaller MSPs like Nate was saying um, usually a lot of times they have a lot less fight because there's a mm. lot more pressure um, mm. a lot less funds to I don't want to call it waste but I mean honestly they they know that they won't have a lot of fight and pushback, so they'll probably end up paying. Um, so yeah, it's it's all different types of reasons, right? It could be targeting specific niches. Yeah, it's it's a little misleading, right? We see all these big names in the news, but I, I don't know if people realize that the number of small businesses being hit is is definitely on the rise. Well, and, and we see it here as part of Nova Backup. I oversee, you know, engineering, technical support, our internal IT and everything else. My support team, you know, sees new ransomware cases, you know, helping people restore and that type of thing, whether it be a MSP that is using our service or just an end user that might have bought our software online or got it with, uh, say, like a Buffalo Terror Station or what have you. We're helping these guys all the time, trying to recover, making sure that we can do our best to get them recovered as long as uh, they have sane backups. And, and that's what what I think part of the problem is on some of these small businesses that they, they might have a good local backup, but they don't understand what a ransomware attack can do to that local backup if they don't have either an air-gapped or off-site backup. A lot of the MSPs that are working with us now, you know, d they understand that and, you know, they're using our off-site solution for that. But it, it, it's, you know, like you said, not an if, but a when you're going to get hit by this. So, sure. it, you know, as long as these MSPs are taking it to heart and making sure that they're locked down, that's the best thing that I can, I can help, you know, from a technical point of view, you know, help recover from when it actually hits. Right. You, do you see a lot of these guys, uh, and this goes question for both of you, do you see that the majority of these guys are paying ransoms? Um, I think a lot of times and people are now in, in getting insurance, which uh, to me, I guess, is good and bad. Um, could mm -hmm. be a quick fix, but also it's like, hey, hit me more. But um, yeah, I mean, I think as long as you have a good strategy, you can get your data back and with us i mean i think a lot of the guys we work with are able to get a lot of their data back maybe not to the point of failure but maybe a couple days right in front of that mm -hmm. uh, which still allows them to get up and running and i mean there's different levels right when it comes mm -hmm. to recovery it could be a bdr solution right where they can actually spin up a machine while they're trying to recover and still continue business uh, it could be a smaller guy that maybe 
just has some a couple local backups and doing maybe some offsite, hopefully offsite. But it, it depends. I mean, a lot of times, from my experience, um, I see guys getting their data back hmm. on their yeah. on their own. You're saying, well, yeah, they might be getting their data back on their own. But uh, to your point, to your question, you know, are a lot of these people paying the ransom? Like Adam was stating, a lot of these people are actually buying insurance or making sure their insurance has cyber. Uh, cyber insurance type clauses in it so it helps them with this ransomware stuff and one of the issues with cyber insurance ransomware in, in my opinion is that just you know encourages the uh, these bad actors to continue you know this this ransomware uh, attack because the insurance companies are just paying this ransom because it's cheaper for the insurance company to pay the ransom than to even wait for the recovery to happen, even if they have a good backup, because the insurance company is paying for all the downtime that this company is having. Uh, I mean, we, we've had a couple customers like that, uh, some some larger customers that that use our software, that they we were able to recover their data, but they still paid the ransom because it was faster for them to get going with the ransom uh, decrypt than to, to actually do the recovery. And that was a suspicion I had. I don't have a whole, I don't have a whole lot of experience with with uh, cybersecurity insurance myself, but the concept of of, of these guys um, basically paying out to criminals is a little unbelievable to me. I don't know, you know, I can't verify that that's the case for all cyber insurance companies, but it seems like that's a major benefit to to having cybersecurity insurance is that they're going to help pay that ransom, and that's uh, that concept is just uh, kind of blows my mind a little bit. Well, it, I, I've talked to a couple, uh, I'll call it more insurance people that deal with cyber insurance quite a bit. And what's happening is these insurance people that are that are covering, you know, for, for ransomware attacks and that type of thing, they're hiring negotiators to negotiate with the ransomware people to negotiate the, the ransom down and then just paying it. So they already have in mind that they're going to pay this if it happens. I was wondering with some of these organizations that may be involved with healthcare or maybe dental, other, other people dealing with the highly sensitive information, maybe they just don't even feel like they have the choice. Even if they have a good backup, maybe they feel like, like they have to pay the ransom no matter what, just cover all their bases. Well, you bring up a good point there. They're paying, you know, these people that have protected data, whether it's uh, HIPAA data or even just uh, protected IP that they don't want out in, into the wild, they're paying these ransoms, but they're not even really ransoms, they're extortion fees. Because uh, even if they can recover from it, uh, these people are, the, the, these ransomware guys are threatening to expose the data, you know, to send mm. out the data uh, if they don't get paid. It's almost like, yeah, blackmail on top yeah, of <laughs> extortion, it's, it's like yeah. you said, yeah. on top yeah. of everything else. They're using fear, and fear is very strong. It's, you don't have to twist their arm very hard. And, and that's just like the bad guy side of the aisle, I'll call it, because the other side of the aisle, these other associations are also using the same fear to kind of strong arm themselves into the MSP's field. They're kind of stepping on their toes a little bit. Like I spoke with a customer recently who had one of his customers for, God, I think it was like seven, eight years. And all this firm had to do was come in and drop some fear 
saying, hey, look, we're big, we got all this, that, right? Uh, big names, big money, and we use this specific tool, we use these specific MSPs, which is not him, obviously, but we also have insurance and everything like that for ransomware. So they pretty much buffaloed this guy pretty easily into dropping or just basically disconnecting this relationship with this MSP like nothing. Mm. I mean, just straight up dropped him out of nowhere, <laughs> which to me was shocking. Like, this is how much this is affecting it. Not just straight encryption of data and extortion and stuff like that, but on the other side of the coin, people are now taking advantage of that to steal customers. Um, like I said, big presence and stuff like that. They come in and overwhelm the customer with all these acronyms and names and scary terms and boom, mm -hmm. just like that, dropped a eight year relationship like nothing. I was pretty shocked. With the theme of this podcast being surviving various technical challenges, uh, various types of ransomware, cyber criminal activity, I'd like to ask if you think that there's one specific method that is causing ransomware infection more than anything else. Uh, you think it's pretty evenly spread across a variety of ways that people are becoming infected? Uh, I would say the most common is going to be the the, the user. It's it's really the the user it, that is I would say a majority of them. We are seeing you know, like with the Caseas and some of the, you know the Solar Winds and and other ones where it's uh, more of a distributed attack. But I would say the majority of the people that we interact with, well at least with I interact with, uh, have all been infected with via some sort of user error. You know whether it's a you know bad download, email link, what have you. But I would say it starts at the uh, user end, you know, for mm -hmm. a majority of it. Yeah, I, I agree. I think another thing, too, um, and I see this often, but enough that it scares me, is just uh, like an MSP or someone that's administering backups to be, I'll call it, well, lazy <laughs> when implementing mm -hmm. things, right? Uh, making it more difficult for this ransomware that happens, you know, on this machine or gets this machine hit to not easily spread. Like for example, someone will have a NAS device. It's a great way to have a local backup solution because you can lock it down. Well, then all of a sudden on that same machine, I see a map network drive to that same share because they're using that share not only for backup, but they're also doing it for just, you know, normal data file server type stuff. Uh, so to me too, a lot of this stuff, yeah, end users, I, <laughs> I think are pretty, guilty on that realm but um so I security also, policies really well yeah yeah standard operating procedures right don't be mm, lazy right. when you implement things use the nas or whatever type of security don't cut corners uh things like that otherwise you're just going to open yourself up to a headache well i mean adam we, we were talking about uh a customer today one of the issues was i, I mean if we get into a machine to help, you know, someone, someone out and, you know, they're, that we're looking and, and trying to help them out, you know, with a backup problem or a store problem. And we see that no windows updates have been done for almost a year <laughs> and the machine has been rebooted for a year. There's something wrong here. I mean, uh, th th it, you, you can't neglect machines like this anymore. No, it has, it has to be, you know, do, do you run a car, you know, with the same oil for, you know, 30,000 miles or do you, you know, check the no. engine, you know, change oil, that type of thing. Yeah. And by the way, this is, a, you know, a SQL on all this. I mean, it's, it was a server, right? I mean, this yeah. is um, not like a workstation. 
this is a server that hasn't rebooted for almost a year. Um, that is, to me, just literally opening, opening up a can of, uh, yeah, it's not good. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's like life. You got to be proactive about things. I mean, leave your leave your house alone for a year and and come back to it and see if it's gotten any better. You know. <laughs> yep. No, it's, I agree. Yeah, all of us would love to sit back in a chair and just collect money. Um, <laughs> that would be awesome. But unfortunately, that's not real for like the ninety nine percent of us uh, that are in the field. It just it's just not doable. So you got to do a little bit of due diligence um, and have a standard operating procedure, right? Have it all documented down because it's not only all on you sometimes. If you have to bring on another person, like for Nate and I, let's say we're in business. Nate knows everything, let's say, and he gets hit by a bus. Then what? Right. You know, I mean, you got to have these type of things prepared. A lot of these guys are new, too, but we also try to help them a lot. Uh, I think we go the extra mile here at Nova Backup with that type of stuff. I mean, I, I, I'm assuming that a number of our listeners are technically savvy, but the most common methods of preventing ransomware to begin with uh, being you know, antivirus, different types of content filters, having a good backup. Now, is there other core or technologies that you say are abs- would say are absolutely necessary from a preventative side? Well, like, like I said, most of this stuff is happening at the end user level. That's how they're mm-hmm. getting in. So education is, is mm-hmm. probably one of the biggest things to do. You know, educating your, your users, you know, if you're an MSP or even, you know, just the uh, IT person of a co- company, you know, educating your, your users on, you know, what happens when you get a suspicious email or what does a sp- suspicious email look like or... If something does does happen, what's your plan? How do you notify someone? You have to have a plan for that. You, there's the education point that you have to deal with. You also need to reduce your, uh, I'll call it your secure, security footprint. So what you have exposed and how things can move around within your network or within your customer's network, locking it down as much as you can without n- impeding business is really where you need to look at. Yeah. And, and don't be afraid to, you know, be the quote unquote bad guy as the IT guy, right? Like there's some of these places we used to walk in years and years ago. Uh, you walk into a business and everybody has their iPods plugged into their machine. They have their USB drives that are not even st- all these things, right? Are, are just holes in the system that can be used for some type of attack, right? Entry points. Um, so yeah, have some, good solid security again everybody might whine a little bit in the beginning you're the bad guy but trust me they'll get over it uh just implement it and save yourself a headache yeah i mean one of the one of the things that we i think we've seen in the last oh six nine months is or maybe even more is uh mfa multi-factor authentication you know everything is moving to it you you got to be able to do it you got to be able to handle it and you know, if your software has that ability right now, you know, talk talk about Office 365 or anything like that. If you have MFA as an option, don't have it enabled, you're doing things wrong. Agree, 100%. That is such a great way to reduce issues, I'll call them. Sure. What about other, is there other um, brand new technologies out there that you see as being really promising in regards to stopping ransomware? I think that we see like, you always hear about AI and so forth. 
into various... Well, I mean, AI still has to learn, right? So <laughs> you're going to get hit. <laughs> you might be the, the test dummy that gets knocked, <laughs> and then uh, everybody else will benefit from you, but I don't think nothing's 100%. Yeah, a, a lot of it is smoke and mirrors from what I've seen. The, the biggest thing is, you know, preventing it on the end user level, you know, as much as you can and, and locking down as much as you can. Most of the newest tech that I see coming out is all about alerting after the fact or seeing, you know, after the fact, after you've been infected, oh, hey, this is what's going on in your environment. You know, you need to take action. That That's all that a lot of these are doing is making sure that you know something's happening which is good you know don't don't get me wrong but you, you really have to look at that edge security before you think that some piece of software is just the golden bullet you know sure especially with people being so much more distributed these days having your employees and every other, <laughs> not 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 so centralized it's got to be a little bit more challenging i would imagine yeah, Susie's uh, Wi-Fi network at home that's doing the accounting probably isn't the most secure thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, not good. And a lot of people, too, they don't want to do VPN because they don't know how to do VPN art. It's extra work. But I tell you what, like I said, be the quote-unquote bad guy for a little bit, enforce it, and it'll be okay. Everybody will get over it. It's something new. A lot of people are opposed, right, to new things, especially technology. you got to learn it, but you got to enforce it. You just have to. Um, otherwise, if you don't, I mean, you're going to end up just being another victim, you know, and not any one solution is going to protect you. you got to have a variety, right? Don't put all your eggs in one basket. That's probably the oldest phrase ever. Uh, it uh, still stands true. You could also talk about the security onion, you know, having, having layers of security 100%. around you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those type of things is what these people have to learn, hopefully, before they learn the hard way. But, I mean, maybe they'll come back stronger if they do get hit. Okay. We, we've talked about some great things here today in regards to ransomware, uh, prevention, uh, things that you can do to reduce your odds of getting infected. Today was kind of a general discussion. You know, we hope to get feedback from our audience as to things they'd like to see us dive deeper into. So guys, I'd like to open it up to you about any closing remarks you'd like to make in regards to a ransomware, a prevention, recovery, your closing remarks, if you will. Yeah, I'll actually start. Um, so yeah, this has actually been really great. Uh, the biggest thing is, is the due diligence, guys. Uh, MSP world, there is no just eight to five. You know, there's no eight hours with a one hour lunch break. Um, the grind is real <laughs> out there. You got to do a lot of things. You got to stay active, aware. Um, and actually, maybe next time, uh, next podcast, I'd even like to discuss a little bit about that. Um, how to keep your techs up to date. Whose turn is it to stay up until midnight? Uh, how is that person aware, right? All these different things I think are really important. But to me, it, it's about just staying diligent. Um, dot all I's, cross all T's, because uh, you might miss that one little thing that could have saved you a really huge headache down the road. Yeah, one of the things I want to kind of enforce is uh, something I do see a lot of people kind of failing at is they think this whole thing is something they have to do all at once. It's not something that you have to do all at once and it's not something that is ever quote unquote finished. 
it, it constantly needs to evolve. Your, your security presence, your data protection, it all has to evolve as everything else evolves. So you don't have to take everything at once and try to do everything all at once. You know, do it slowly. You know, make sure everything's documented. You know what you're doing, and you know that it's evolving as threats are happening and and as uh, the world is changing and as your customers are changing just because you have it locked down and and you have this perfect perfect template for this one one customer doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to fit perfectly for this next next customer that might have some other thing that they have to deal with uh, as part of their business so it, it really needs to be a fluid thing that that needs to constantly evolve well gentlemen i really appreciate you joining us here today Uh, I'd like to remind our listeners to subscribe so they don't miss miss any future podcasts. And please, if you've got suggestions about topics you'd like to see covered in, in greater depth in regards to data security and protection, please let us know. We'll go ahead and close it out here today. Again, gentlemen, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having us.